From FasterMind.co, this is Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. I'm Dane Sanders. Converge is a show about that space, that tension between the stuff you make and making money or something valuable from your stuff. The show lives where creativity and business collide, giving all of us the opportunity to rethink how we work and live in the digital economy. My longtime friend Jeremy Cowart started an entrepreneurial effort a while back called C University or CU. And what it was is, since Jeremy's such a famous photographer, he invited a world full of socially conscious photographers who spend a lot of their energy trying to be seen in the internet and commerce and the marketplace and invited them to trade in being seen to learning how to see. I love that frame that he was helping people expand what they thought was possible and to actually invite them to, even if they had talent with a camera, to deepen their perspective. Well, today I want to throw a little twist on that angle. Some of you may remember that in season two, episode eight, we had Sanjay Sharma on the show. And Sanjay is an eye doctor, and he actually teaches doctors to help others do their work better. In a sense, he actually built a social platform to train doctors that's competing with some of the best universities on the planet. But today's guest isn't Sanjay, and it's not Jeremy. It's actually Sanjay's son. His name is Evan Sharma, and I want you to remember that name because Evan Sharma is an artist like you've not seen before. He's a painter by trade, and I mean it when I say by trade. Even now, as a very young man, I think he's 13 today, he started his work putting out professional work before he was 10 years old. He was actually winning contests reserved exclusively for adults, and they had to make exceptions to give him the awards. Evan is ahead of his time. To say that is an understatement, but most people think about that as a protege, as somebody who is so good with art and perspective and technique and talent. But I actually think where he's really ahead of his time is his perspective on his life. And I think what he shares with you all today and what he shared with me in our conversation is a perspective that was meant to be a gift as you and I pursue our own life and our own art. Evan Sharma, welcome to Converge. Thank you. Well, it is great to have you here. For folks at home who listen to the show regularly, they know that you aren't the first Sharma to have been on Converge. Um, Your dad has spent some time here sharing a little bit of his creativity, and now we get to hear from you. Yeah, nice. I'm wondering for the folks at home, if you could share a little bit of your journey, like how you went from a you know, a nine or 10 year old who had already been kind of drawing and uh, sketching to pretty much a world renowned painter (laughs) by 13 and a commercially viable one at that. But just share a little bit about your journey as an artist. Sure. So um, I probably started this kind of style when I was around nine or 10. And what really inspired me was I went on a trip to Paris and we visit the Louvre and everything. And I actually saw the Mona Lisa. And it just kind of amazed me how, like, such a small painting can make, like, such a large impact on so many people. So, and then visited a bunch of um, galleries after, like, the MoMA. And I just got really inspired and was like, hey, why don't I just try this? So, um, I actually started painting, like, on cardboard boxes and stuff just to kind of test it out. And it took a long time to kind of just, like, find what I really love to paint. Um, which is now, like, um, music icons and, like, actors. And as well, a lot of landscapes of mountains and seasides. 
But after that, I probably got, it happened when I was um, doing a project for something called Heritage Fair. So you do something about like um, local history in your city. So I chose to do one about like different artists, like past and present in my city. So I I actually interviewed an artist, uh, Beth Tenove. And then she was like, yeah, you should um, apply for the artist project. And then I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. So originally, like, when we looked at it, it was, like, for, like, grown-ups and everything, like, 20, 30, 40-year-olds. So I applied, and I kind of forgot about this. And then actually a few months later, we actually heard back from them and was, like, you've been accepted to the Arts Project. And it was really cool. Like, guess they didn't know how old I was, actually. That was my question. So they didn't – you submitted work for this con- – was it a contest, or what? what was it? A juried selection, and then you get to enter an art show with like 300 other people from across the world. Wow. And they didn't totally know your come from. You just you just let the work speak for itself. Yeah. So I just submitted three or four paintings, did like a little um, kind of couple paragraphs on each painting, and then just sent it off. And then um, without them even knowing how old I was, I was actually accepted. And then only after I started reading, it was like, you have to be 18 and older for this, like, black tie event. And I was like, I hope they know I'm 12. So we actually emailed them. and was like, I'm only 12. And they were like, well, it doesn't say that you can't be 12 and you've been selected. So, yeah, you can come. So it was really cool. Amazing. Then after that, um, I had, like, a bit of media coverage and stuff. And it kind of just took off from there now. Yeah, no kidding. It's taken off from there. I mean, when I first started looking at your work – a couple things happened for me. One was I just was so excited, like maybe I could get a piece before they were priced too far out of market. Um, <laughs> but you are indeed creating work that has been recognized around the world as quite advanced and mature. And it's one of the reasons why, like I know one of the videos I saw on you actually had you describing some of your work, but it wasn't your voice. It was someone with an older voice. Yeah, yeah. That was actually a documentary crew and they came they probably filmed for a few days to a week. And then it was really cool what they did. Like, at first, they didn't want, like, the audience to know that it was, like, actually a 13-year-old. And then when it actually got to my voice, it kind of did, like, the big reveal. So brilliant. And I'm curious, as people have found out your age, I'm sure they're kind of excited that, wow, there's just someone who has really found a voice and a creative perspective that is rare for someone who is young. But... What else have you heard from folks? Have you had any critics? Have you had any folks that uh, have said things that have been challenging? I mean, if you're going to put anything on the internet, it's hard not to be criticized somewhere or by someone. Have you gotten any negative feedback? Uh, Not too much. A a little bit, maybe. But it's just been the majority of it has been really, really great. And definitely, yeah, I don't mind like the negative feedback at all. But there hasn't been too much of that, definitely. And I've been posted on like a lot of like major Instagram accounts and stuff with like um, millions of followers and stuff. So, but it's definitely been really cool. Definitely to just experience this all and everybody's being really supportive. So it's great. That's wonderful and appropriate. And I'm so glad to hear it because sometimes the internet community isn't always famous for supporting folks (laughs) who are upstarts and, but well done. And I'm curious now, so you're, now you're the ripe old age of 13 and, uh, you know, really getting on with your age. And I'm curious, are you thinking that, like, how does this fit in your life when you think about school 
and the other fun things that go on in your world? Like, is this, I'm guessing it's a, it's a significant part of your life, but what else is a big yeah. part of your life? How else do you spend your time? So I'm a competitive ski racer. I play rep volleyball. I actually race sailboats in the summer and everything. I love science. I actually, I was just at a science fair today and I actually, I won a gold medal and a best affair there. So it's definitely a great balance between like um, science and art. And I'm actually doing this kind of thing. It's like um, right brain, left brain. Yeah. I'm making like some shoes and stuff. So it's like kind of represents like balance on your right foot. You have like Albert Einstein on your left foot. You have John Lennon. Yes. And yeah, so I'm doing some clothing around that too. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of plans to develop um, a lot of my stuff, both in the art world and kind of branch into some more kind of business related things as well. Well, let's transition into that conversation on the business side of the equation. It's super exciting to hear you think about the different directions. And I, it's tempting, and I'm sure you've heard these comparisons a lot in interviews and whatnot, where people are, they'd probably use phrases like renaissance man, or, um, you know, that you're, you're kind of looking in several different directions. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm hearing you describe it, it sounds more like you're just having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a lot of fun, just experience it all. And just to like do a lot of really neat things, like everything from like sports, art, um, science, business. It's just really cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the business side of the equation. So you have commercial interests, you're selling your art, you're also venturing into some of these other areas. How do you look at the business part of it? Because there's a lot of creatives out there who they look at their art as kind of an end in itself. And they say, you know, making that art is sufficient. In fact, when you start bringing commerce into it, they can get nervous, like somehow it's going to make it less pure or or uh, somehow devalue what it means for you personally. And I, I'm just curious for yourself, how do you think about the selling of your stuff, not just the making of your stuff? I think it's really cool to like experience the whole business side and just see what it's like for like both now and in the future. And I definitely want to branch, like, as I said, into, like, kind of a lot more clothing as well. Why clothing? What, what is it about clothing that is interesting to you? Well, clothing is it's really expressive, definitely. And I think people just really like to have something that's not just, like, a kind of basic, like, T-shirt or something, but something that actually has meaning behind it and as well, like, um, it's a really cool concept. And I think definitely with this kind of, like, right brain, left brain idea that I've come up with and I'm incorporating some of my paintings as well and it's just kind of like a collaborative effort of like kind of my hobbies. Mm, I love that. My wife, I don't have any relationship with the person I'm about to mention, but this is a little bit of a name drop alert, but my wife grew up with an artist here in the United States. Her name's Gwen Stefani and she you may know her, she's a singer with yeah. a band called No Doubt and is a solo artist and but she also has done things like perfume lines and clothing lines. And in many ways, you remind me of her exploits and that she just, until someone says that she can't do something, and even then I'm not sure anyone that she'd listen to them. It sounds like if you have an idea, you don't, you're a little bit fearless to just venture down that road. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying a lot of new things and stuff. Do you think that there'll be a day where you'll want to kind of specialize and focus in one area, or do you think you're going to want to stay broad? I don't know. I think I want to become a doctor when I grow up, but I definitely want to keep like all the art definitely as like a major hobby. And I as well want to be like an entrepreneur in terms of like, I want to kind of keep 
the momentum rolling and move, like as I said before, and do a lot of um, clothing things and as well more of the art-related side. I'll be back with the rest of the conversation right after this short break. Have you invested in conferences or workshops that left you empty-handed? There was great content and you had great ideas about what to go do with it, but no change actually happened. That's not okay. At Go Summit, we're committed to helping you take action. To do that, we add personalized coaching and customized marching orders alongside the inspiring speakers, amazing location, and fun networking events. Honestly, there's nothing quite like it. Register today before tickets sell out at fastermind.co forward slash Go Summit. Well, as you know, the listeners to this show are folks who it's the Business of Creativity podcast, and they're really focusing on trying to make something from what they make. And they live at that crossroads of the creative side of the equation and the commerce side of the equation. And my guess is if I'm listening to this conversation, I would be both inspired, like really impressed and excited to hear your story, and also maybe a little intimidated, like maybe they didn't experience the kind of prodigy labels when they were preteen. But I, I think you're clearly talented, but a lot a lot of other things have contributed to your success. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the contributing factors that have set you up in such a way to have these kinds of adventures. Um. Well, definitely a lot of my kind of art is inspired by, um, by ski racing and that kind of side of the equation. So hmm. I do a lot of training in like Switzerland and out West as well in mm-hmm. BC. For folks in the US who are listening or other parts of the world, BC is British Columbia. So that's Western Canada and the Canadian Rockies. Yes. I definitely take a lot of like almost the same energy. I like to call it that kind of feel ski racing and skiing and translate that into a lot of my mountain landscapes and um, landscapes in general. So you've been, you won the lottery and you had some talent, you worked your tail off. So you have your effort, you have exposure. That's pretty uncommon. I mean, not every kid gets to go ski in the Rockies and uh, go to Switzerland. Yeah. I also <laughs> love like I fish a lot too. And I take like, kind of like a lot of the emotions you feel like when you're on the water and as well, I love to sail. So I'm on the water and as well, the snow a lot. And that's kind of like my main subject matters that I paint water and like mountains for landscapes. Then portraits, it's like a lot of people that I'm like inspired by, like John Lennon, David Bowie. And I'm actually recently painted basket for an upcoming auction. So um, it's definitely a lot of things that, means something to me personally. Yeah, it sounds like it. It also sounds like you have a pretty amazing family that would support you in this. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I would encourage you to give them lots of credit. Because <laughs> to have a, a, a world where that is possible is extraordinary. And and again, uncommon, like that folks would, it's one thing to get put into like youth soccer or go on a family vacation, but it sounds like there's just been a really generous spirit in your family to give you these kinds of exposures. And you've really taken those exposures and maximized them. Is that a fair assessment? I don't want to put yeah, words in Yeah, definitely. Mind. They're really supportive of everything I do. And they definitely help out a lot. Like when I have an idea, they kind of help me to make it like, when I said I wanted to do like a lot of painting, they're really supportive and they help me buy canvas and stuff. So mm. they're definitely really good. So I'm curious if you came across, a, let's say you had a conversation with a friend 
And I was going to say over coffee, but maybe maybe that's inappropriate <laughs> over a soda or you know whatever you're enjoying with a friend. Yeah. And they were like, "Man, Evan, I want to try some stuff." And but I don't have those advantages. Like I don't have uh, a supportive family, or I don't get to go on these trips. What advice would you give to those folks that look where they're at? Like regardless of the input, but they really want to create, and and maybe even just as an amateur, not not as a, an interest in going commercial or anything like that, but they just want to create for creating's sake. Yeah. What advice would you give them if they didn't have the advantages that you've had? You kind of just need to go for it. Like the great thing about when you're a kid is really have nothing to lose in terms of like um, not having big money investments or anything that you can lose. So it's definitely a great time to be creative and just like explore different areas that you may grow up to love kind of. So definitely just try what you want to try and just see where it goes. So it sounds like that kind of kid advantage or, and it does make sense. You know, I'm, I'm a dad of four kids and I, I think a lot about how am I going to pay the bills? And I can see also how that might get in the way of my creativity sometimes because I might predetermine that I shouldn't try something if I can't see an end result. But in your case, it sounds like you don't have that same kind of burden. So you can, you can just try stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the great thing about being kids uh, when you can try so many things like that that has to worry about like financial stuff. I wonder if if we could extrapolate that a little further and extend the idea. Do you think more adults should try to extract the financial burdens out of their decisions when it comes to creativity? And or if they were to do that, do you think they'd have more opportunity? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like you really need to do what you want to do and not just like. Like, if you really want to do something and you're really determined to do it, then you'll ultimately kind of find a way to do it in a means that you would like as to, like, paying all the bills and stuff. If you're really passionate about something and you put a lot of energy into it, it will ultimately, like, at, like end in something that you're really happy of. So, like, not only just paying the bills, but also kind of being satisfied in what you do. Mm, I love that. You know, we mentioned before we started the conversation that your dad, who was on the show before, he's not only a, an incredibly skilled physician, but he trains other physicians uh, in their work in and around eye doctoring at several different levels. And it's amazing to me that he teaches people how to help people see. And here you are, an artist who is spending the majority of his young life seeing for a living, seeing from unique perspectives. And I think it's, that's quite beautiful. If you were, this is maybe the, a good way to, to end the conversation, but maybe open it up a little bit too. I'm wondering if you were trying to help people see something different, like a unique perspective, you wanted to kind of do the inverse of what your dad does for doctors, but you're actually helping artists to see differently or to see from a unique perspective. What advice would you give to those folks? And you really just have to, I mean, do what you love. And once you get really, inspired by something you kind of just have to follow it out and just kind of see where it takes you like don't just worry too much about um like as i said before like financially and like the business side but the first part of like being creative like the business side comes later but you just need to kind of almost plan out what you want to do and then it will ultimately kind of like result in what you would like it to as in like your kind of aspirations and your goals will all come through your creativity. Yeah. In terms of like, even if you're a scientist, like scientific breakthroughs and everything, 
it's the kind of like the creativity that stems from that, like wanting to figure out like different scientific concepts. And as well, if you're an artist, you kind of just need to just start somewhere and then just see where it takes you. Yeah. It sounds like curiosity is just a really important muscle. Yeah. Well, my new friend, Evan, uh, I am so grateful for you to come and share a little bit of your story. And I know it's inspiring for a lot of folks at home. If folks want to see some of your work in different directions, uh, where can they find you online? So on Instagram, if you type in Evan Sharma Art, so E-V-A-N-S-H-A-R-M-A-A-R-T, mm-hmm. on Instagram, you'll find my account. I do a lot of live painting there as well as I post like a new painting whenever I finish it and just a lot of cool things that help me create what I love to do. So definitely follow that. It's a really cool place to see a lot of what I do. Well, I will be first in line and I'm, well, maybe not first. There's a few people there already, but <laughs> I'll be joining the crowd and, uh, and congratulations on all the work you've done. We, down the road, would you be open to coming back to the show and, uh, checking in on on how the journey continued. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Is a right, maybe- show what you're doing. Oh, thanks so much, man. And uh, you and your dad are the first father son duo, so maybe we'll have you both back on uh, next time to to hear how things have progressed. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, definitely. This was episode four, season three of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. Converge podcast is brought to you by FasterMind.co where we help entrepreneurs go from knowing to doing. Get started free today by finding out your FasterMind owner score. Go to FasterMind.co. Music for this episode provided by TripleScoopMusic.com. What does your story sound like? This episode was mixed and produced by Podcast Fast Track.